It seems like every few years in our society, we come up with a new set of cliches that are part of our vocabulary. And this COVID-19 uh, time that we've been going through has been no different. I'm sure you've uh, heard some of these uh, cliches that I'm about to share over the last few months as people have been sharing them. You know, when a speaker is trying to impress something uh, of importance on you, they quite often say, you know, this is very important now more than ever because of COVID-19. You probably heard the one about when people are talking about the last few months and what we've been through, they call them unprecedented times. Uh, it's interesting that, that it seems every single corporate uh, advertising that I've seen in the last few months is impressing on me that every one of these companies is here to help us. Really? Even Wendy's is here to help us. I thought they were here to sell me a junior bacon cheeseburger. One of my favorites is when people cancel outings or get-togethers out of an abundance of caution. And the final one and probably the most popular one that we've heard uh, people say over these last few months is that we're all in this together. I find it interesting that these cliches kind of underline the fact that we can sometimes get cynical about the situations that we're in. And cynicism often leads to resentment. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading Matthew chapter 28. And I couldn't believe my eyes because I've read this chapter and read this specific scripture so many times. But as I was reading it this time, I saw the pandemic that we're in. I saw it in the scripture. I'd never seen it before. Read this together with me in Matthew chapter 28, where it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Always. And in that moment, when I read that very familiar scripture, I whispered to the Lord, Always, Lord? Even now? And I felt the Lord whisper back to me, especially now. You know, I'm going to admit that in the last few months, I have been guilty of uh, cursing 2020 and wishing it away. I've said words like, oh, I hate this year. I hate 2020. I can't wait for this year to be over. Have you been guilty of wishing this year away and wanting to be anywhere but here, wanting to be at any time but now? And have you been guilty of not embracing the moment that you're in? So maybe the question that we should ask, and I've put it on your outline, is this. How am I embracing the moment that God has given me? How am I embracing this moment that God has given me? Today is our Global Outreach Sunday. And here at Broadway Church, we have a global outreach ministry. So we steward the missions dollars that, that you give as a church and we are able to make long-term partnerships with some global workers that work all across the world. We also are able to send short-term teams to areas of need. But today, before we get into all of that, before we focus on those folks, I want to focus on one person specifically. I want to focus on you. How are you embracing the moment that God has put you in today, in 2020? Have you been embracing this moment or in a true COVID-19 fashion, have you been social distancing this moment? Have you been six feet apart from this moment? I'd like to try and convince you today that you are not living your life in a way that's maximizing your potential, that is not embracing the moment that God has given you. Your life is more than dollars 
and dividends. Your life is more than cars and careers. Your life is more than promotions and presentations. I want to turn our attention today to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. It's in the New Testament, and I believe it gives us some good instructions on this matter. Let's read it together. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in life there's a right way and a wrong way to proceed. If our lives are to be meaningful, we need to be intentional in the decisions we make in the way that we live out our spiritual life. We can't be haphazard and expect things to automatically fall into place. In your outline, Paul the Apostle tells us about embracing our moment that we should be careful in the way we live. We should be careful in the way we live. Now, as I was preparing for this sermon, uh, I was uh, on the internet and I found a, a couple of websites that were called uh, lifespan calculators or death clock calculators. And the ideas of these programs are to predict when you are going to die or how much time you have left to live. It's done through some base calculations and, and curiosity got the best of me and I decided that I would see how I would do. Seemed to be kind of a fun uh, exercise and maybe a little bit more fun than trying to figure this out through the insurance actuary tables that they use in the insurance industry. The type of questions that were asked were my date of birth, my height, my weight, my gender, my, was I a smoker or a non-smoker? Did I consume alcohol? What was my outlook on life? Uh, do I uh, take drugs? Do I exercise? How much sunlight am I exposed to? Uh, have I had any major medical treatment? Uh, do I eat fruit and fruits and vegetables? Do I take vitamins? Do I wear my seatbelts? Uh, how much air pollution am I exposed to? Do I have diabetes or cancer? Do I drive a motorcycle? Does that motorcycle have two wheels or four wheels? Uh, what's my family medical history? And when I got the results, I got to tell you, I was not happy because I was told that I was only going to live till 73 years of age. Hmm, that's not far in the horizon. Now, surely this must be a mistake. So I took the test again and I adjusted my weight just to see if I would live a little bit longer and there was no change. So I was determined to increase my longevity. So I looked through the internet and I found three other tests that were similar to this and I tried those tests. And so I improved with every test. I improved to 77 years of age with one test. The next test, oh, that got me all the way up to 80 years of age. And then I finally found obviously the most scientific and accurate of the three tests that told me that I would live to 86 years of age. Now there are definite flaws in these programs and like you do, I'm sure, I, I want to live a long time. But on the other hand, the Bible does teach us that there are limits on how long we are to live. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2 says, there's a time to be born and a time to die. James chapter 4 verse 14 says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. What the scriptures and this, uh, this life calculator test underscore is the need to live according to God's priorities and not society's priorities. 
That's what the Apostle Paul is encouraging us. He says, don't be foolish, but understand the will of, the God, of God and be filled with the Spirit. That's what he's saying. He's saying the priorities of this world are foolish. The priorities of God are the things of the Spirit. You see, you've got one shot at this. And how are you embracing the time you have left on earth? Whoa, whoa, Pastor Paul, you're, you're getting a little serious here. That sounds a little bit depressing, talking about the amount of time I have left on earth. I'm just young, you might be thinking. But the scripture says that our lives are a vapor that appear for a little while, while and then vanish away. Do you live for the priorities of the society that we live in? Or are you embracing every moment and trying to understand God's priorities for your life? Charles Colson tells a story in one of his books about an inmate named John that he met in the Mississippi penitentiary system. He was visiting the death row of, uh, of one Mississippi penitentiary and he noticed that every single convict as he walked down death row were sitting quietly on their bunks, staring into a television, just letting the time pass by minute by minute until their inevitable end of their life on death row. But John was a little bit different. When Charles got to, to, to uh, John's cell, he noticed that there were books on a bookshelf. He noticed that John was intently studying one of those books. And when he noticed the book, it was a, the Episcopal liturgy book. John was studying for the Episcopal priesthood. Charles Colson, being impressed with, uh, with John's uh, tenacity and, and his drive, thought he would, wanted to do something nice for him. And, and so he, he talked to John. He said, John, hey, I could probably talk to the warden and get you a television set. Would you like that? John's answer was very interesting. He said, thanks, Charles, but, but no thanks. You know, a guy can waste a lot of time on one of those things. You know, it's quite interesting that John was on death row. He had just a limited amount of days but he was determined not to waste the one commodity that he did have, time. He wanted to embrace every moment that he had left. The way John approached life was directly from this scripture, Ephesians chapter 5. Be careful on how you live. Make the most of your time. Do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. That brings us to point two on your outline. How are you investing your life? How are you investing your life? How are you embracing this moment that God has put you in? You know, I've heard Pastor Darren say in the past that you can't steer a parked car. If we want God to guide us through this season that we're in, we need to start moving on some of the things we already know that he wants us to do. So I encourage you all to be deliberate and focused on how you serve the Lord. Be filled with the Spirit. The, Paul, the apostle tells us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and give thanks to God, which speaks of the creative ways that we can serve God. Let me tell you a couple of stories. The first is about a local Vancouver high school teacher who went on one of our Mexico short-term missions trips. And as he went, his heart was moved and, and touched and drawn to the children of Mexico that he was serving. Over the next few years, this teacher went back several times to serve at this orphanage. And that began a process of God grabbing and getting a hold of this man's heart. He embraced that moment. And now, Graham Bowers 
is serving at the foundation for his ministry orphanage in Vicente Guerrero, Mexico. He embraced that moment. Let me tell you another story about a young man who lived as the child of an African global worker. And as he grew, he took his education to become a teacher. He went back to Africa and began to lead a primary school board. And as he did, then this was in the country of Malawi, he discovered that over half of the, of the girls between the ages of 8 and 12 had been sexually abused. He decided that that wasn't good. He stepped into that moment and said, I've got to do something. As the father of two young children, he felt the urgency even stronger. That was the impetus behind Steve Bowler starting the Fountain of Life Ministry in Malawi, which works to, to help uh, restore women that have been marginalized uh, because of, of sexual violence. His one life was changed because he embraced that moment that God ha had impressed upon him. Now these two people have something in common, of course. They are people that have been part of Broadway Church in the past. They are us. And when you designate offering to, to missions, you are investing in these two global workers and you're investing in 11 other global workers that are working hard just like them. And you're investing in the four missions organizations that we also partner with as a church. Now I want to give you an update uh, of what some of your giving has been going towards. About 13 months ago, Broadway Church took a team to Zambia to visit the Village of Hope uh, in Kitwe, Zambia, and to celebrate the 20th anniversary of, the, of that ministry. And while we were there, I actually had a moment where I knew God was calling me to respond. While we were there, we took a trip to a, a, a village named Luwango that was just outside of Kitwe, where the original Village of Hope was planted. Now, in this village of Luwango, there was a, a schoolroom with 60 kids, except the room that they were in was probably half of the size of the room that I'm standing in now. 60 children. As we visited with the children and after we were done, we were taken on a, a short walk to an area just behind that building where they were believing God for a new school, where they were believing that they, th this land that was given to them, where they could build a new school. And in that moment, I felt God speak to me. I turned to one of our team members and they said, Pastor Paul, we can do it. We can do this. I came home uh, excited and I shared this with a few people. And I, and I was able to tell you a little bit about it on, in our global outreach sermon last year. Now, in 2020, because of COVID, we, we haven't been supporting any special projects. But that didn't stop you, Broadway Church. That didn't stop you. I'm here to tell you today that even without really even asking you to, to make this a priority, we, you have given over $23,000 to the Luongo School Project. So when we get back to some sense of normalcy, whatever that is, we're going to push that project across the finish line, and I'll be back to tell you more about how you can partner with us then. Let me close our time together today by telling you some stories of impact from some of our global workers. Let's hear how they embraced their moment and how lives were changed as a result. The first story comes to us from Peter. Peter works in a restricted access nation, and because of that, I can't show you his picture. Back in 2008, Peter was asked by some locals in the country that he was working in to, to help develop a community center in a community that had been 
affected by the 2004 tsunami. So what they did was him and his team went to this community and they began to, to figure out what this community needed. They started a community center and pretty soon a young lady named Dak became part of their circle. She became part of, of the, the community center. Then she began to have a little bit of leadership in the community center. All the while she was observing Peter and his team and his family. And pretty soon she, be, she came to faith in Jesus Christ. Soon after that, Dak actually uh, grew to become the leader of this community center. What this community center is doing now is tutoring these children in this community and helping them with their education because many of their parents aren't able to do that because they've been so traumatized by what happened in that tsunami. The local government there has recognized what the community center has been doing and has said that these children are receiving the highest marks in their, in their schooling. So much so now that the local government is contributing towards this community center and saying that this is a good thing and we want it to continue. But not only that, because of Dak's perseverance, because of her leadership there, now these children that were being tutored by this community center have now started their own church. You see, Dak embraced her moment. She came to faith in Christ. She came to leadership in that community center. And now not only her and her family, but an entire community has been changed. Nelson and Lisa Montero tell the story of their community in João Pessoa, Brazil, and a young boy named Pedro, who was part of their community Easter outreach. Pedro developed a friendship with Nelson and Lisa's son, Danny, and Danny invited Pedro to come to church with him, and Pedro would do that from time to time. A little while later, Nelson and Lisa and the family had to come back to Canada for their home assignment. And while they were home, they received a phone call from the local pastor in João Pessoa. He said that Pedro, Pedro's sister, and Pedro's parents had come to church that previous Sunday, and all of them had given their hearts to Jesus. The truth was that they had come to church because the parents were so frustrated that they were considering ending their marriage. But you know what Pedro did? He said, no, Dad, before we make that decision, we need to go to Danny's church and we need to talk to the pastor. That moment saved an entire family and they would say that that was a turning point in their family, that moment. Matt and Amber Price, who work in Thailand, had isolated 300 families within their influence that were susceptible to uh, increased poverty and increased harm during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic because of their lack of access to clean water and food. They began to uh, secure funds so that they could make hygiene packs and grocery hampers and begin to reach out to these 315 families. Priya was the mom of one of those 315 families. And she said that she hadn't been able to feed her family for two or three days. So when that grocery hamper and those hygiene packs came, it was just at the right time. And she said the greatest gift they could have received. But on top of that, she said this. She said, this act of mercy showed me that Jesus hadn't forgotten about me, even when others may have forgotten. My final story is from Sheldon and Anna Armitage. Sheldon and Anna live in Slovakia, where they do leadership training and missions mobilization. They tell the story of a man named Roman. Roman was a Slovak who had actually been a missionary in the United States to Aboriginal people in South Dakota. He'd done that for four years, 
But after his four years, his visa had been canceled and he had to come back to Slovakia. And he was incredibly discouraged. Incredibly discouraged because he knew he was still called to missions. Sheldon met with him uh, weekly for a uh, period of a year and, dis and describes uh, encouraging Roman and just helping try to encourage his faith, but also helping him see himself not as a missionary, but as a missions mobilizer. So Roman began to pray into that and he began to reach out to other missionaries in the country of Slovakia. And now for the first time in the history of the church in Slovakia, there is a network of missionaries that are reaching out across the world, reaching across denominations, working together because uh, Roman decided to embrace his moment. Sheldon decided to come alongside Roman at that moment and encourage him. And now this missions mobilization network in Slovakia is much bigger than anything that's ever gone on in the church there before. Today, I want to ask you how you are going to embrace your moment. And that brings me to our big idea. Every week at Broadway Church, we try to sum up the teaching in one simple phrase that you can take home and can stick in your mind. Here's our big idea for today. In the midst of this pandemic, you can choose to be affected by the world or you can choose to affect the world. You see, our global workers, they've chosen to affect the world they live in rather than be affected by it. They've embraced their moments. They've allowed the presence of God and the power of God in them to change the world around them. What does God want you to do today? Now, as we finish, I want to leave you with some practical ways that you can help our global outreach ministry during this pandemic. And I've put these things in your outline today. The first is to pray. Please pray. Make a point. I would ask you uh, to make a point of remembering our global workers every day in prayer. Some of you will know them personally. Remember them by name. We've posted a picture and a biography of each of our global workers at broadwaychurch.com slash global outreach. Now, if you're currently unfamiliar with our global workers, I would, I would encourage you to go there and check that out. The web address is written at the bottom of your outline. And parents, listen, this is a great way to teach your children about the spread of the kingdom of God. Get together with them and begin to pray for our global workers. Many of them are families just like yours. You can tell them about the great work of the gospel that's spreading all around the world. Pray. I'd also encourage you to give. This month, we are asking if you would prayerfully consider giving above your regular tithes and offerings to our global outreach program. We are trying to make up uh, the amount that we've fallen behind in our 2020 budget during COVID. And that amount is just over $30,000. If you use the online giving option, uh, we ask that you email Shelly Clifford at the church and just let her know how much you'd like to uh, designate to global outreach. And you can do that today or any of the Sundays in November. Finally, you can go. You can go. Now, this is not, of course, a season where it's easy to go to another country and be involved uh, in the work of one of our global workers. But I would encourage you to get up off of your couch if you're there right now. Make one step closer to an unchurched person and maybe an unchurched person from another culture that lives uh, in your circle of influence or in your neighborhood.
You see, today you can choose to affect the world instead of being affected by it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that the hope of Jesus changes everything. And because of your hope, God, we are motivated to tell others about that hope. God, we have done that as a church over these months of COVID uh, through the ministries of City Reach, and we are so excited for what you've allowed that uh, influence to to grow in our our region. But God, we are excited that our global workers, our long-term partners, God, are doing that in different countries all across the world. And we want to continue to breathe life into what they are doing and to sow into that, God. So, God, I pray that you would encourage each of our global workers to embrace this moment, God. God, it's so easy for us to just hide, uh, pull the covers up, and and try and just uh, ride out the storm here uh, of what we're going through. But, God, you have called us to not not retreat, but to go forward, to embrace this moment, and to, to embrace all that God has for us in this moment. God, if anyone here that, that's watching this uh, today has not made a decision to follow Jesus, and maybe you're here today, you've, you've not made a decision to follow Jesus, I would just ask you to, if you would like to, to follow the, the, the God of the Bible, if you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus, just repeat this short prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm far from you, and I want to be closer. Please forgive my sin. I know there are things in my life that keep me from you, that keep me apart from you. I want to embrace this moment. I want to come closer to you, but I need forgiveness. Give me the strength to live a life that pleases you and the courage to tell someone about the decision I've made before my head hits the pillow tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's a a, a phone number at the bottom of the screen right now. We would love to have some interaction with you. If you have a prayer request, you can text that in there. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, you could text that number and someone will get back to you really quickly. We'd love to help you take the next step in your journey towards Jesus. Thank you for joining us for our Global Outreach Sunday. God bless you and have a great week.